Hello, how's it guys going? This is your boy Justin. Welcome to another edition of the Daily Knicks podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the big ball and nets coming through with a major trade over the last couple hours, discussing why the Knicks need to make a trade for Anthony Davis before the start of free agency. And could the Knicks possibly get John Morant in the first round? We'll also be talking to a Lakers reporter, insider, blogger from the West Coast to talk about how the Lakers are doing. All right, kick back, relax, strap up your Tim's. Time to go. Let's get it. to another edition of the Daily Knicks podcast. Um, <clears throat> you know, like we said before, this this the free agency summer is going to be a lot, man. A lot of stuff's going to come out that's going to be true, untrue, you know, stuff that you want to believe. If you guys, you know, follow me on Twitter, you guys should. It's at JustinCred92. I decided to just basically make my predictions of who the top guys will go, um, where they will go, um, this season, I, I include Anthony Davis. Um, I haven't included Bradley Beal yet. I'll probably do it in the next go around. Um, but this summer is going to be wild, and it just took another turn. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski, um, the Wolves just dropped another bomb on y'all. Basically, he described the Nets have traded uh, their expiring contract and Allen Crab to the Atlanta Hawks. <clears throat> In order to get, uh, they sent their 17th overall pick they have this year, which is their pick from this draft. Um, they dump his contract. So basically, they come up with about $46 million in cap room right now with this trade. They take back uh, Terry and Prince, and they also get back the a 2021 second round pick. Now, this is. <laughs> breaking, shocking for all of the reasons you might think. And we'll play the Stephen A. clip in a bit, but um, it's now being reported that Kyrie is now favoring the go to the Nets as opposed to going to the Knicks or staying in um, Boston or going to L.A. And no one really has a reason for that, but there are images of Kyrie. Kyrie is in New York now. There were pictures of him in New York. There's video of him by his hometown in Jersey. Um, so he's in the area. And it seems like he'll be here for the foreseeable time, at least until free agency starts. So um, the Nets make a major play three weeks out of the start of free agency, making the point that they're trying to get what they can get. Um, Wolves already po- posted out that they're trying to win this free agency and basically take the city away from New York, away from the Knicks. This is basically what they're declaring right now. But I'll play the Stephen A. clip uh, right now. Why it might get even more? Why it might get worse for Knicks fans? Well, over the last several hours, I have learned that Kyrie Irving has given every indication to the Brooklyn Nets that that is where he wants to go. All right, so my feeling is just like the whole thing is this is these players aren't dumb. Um, These players kind of know what they're doing at this point. I've long held to the point that I don't think anything is decided. I don't think anything is determined. It will all be decided and determined 
on July 30th, or, I mean, June 30th or July 1st, whichever day they want to pick. Um, but that's when it's going to be decided. It's not going to be decided in the winter or in the coming weeks. It's going to be decided, you know, on that date. And that's the day we're all going to find out and know for a fact. So all these rumors are just going to keep coming out about teams wanting to get this player and this player. And when it comes to the Knicks' perspective, Kate not getting Kevin Durant would would be if they don't get Kawhi, which I don't think they would, the worst case scenario. While they might want to switch it up and frame it, how we can develop their players and, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. While I would welcome that, I'd be okay with that. It's going to look as a failure because you then did not need to make the moves you did to get rid of Chris Stapps or, Tim Hardaway, Courtney Lee's contracts in order to get these two match slots. So they have to be able to fill those spots with credible players. Now, it remains to be seen as kind of interesting. Um, I don't... The Nets play is interesting in the sense that I understand that Kyrie Irving is right now today better than D'Angelo Russell. If we're going today, he's a better player than D'Angelo Russell. But... D'Angelo's 23, Kyrie's 27. By the end of those contracts, I would think Kyrie and D'Angelo would be about the same player at that point. You know, they might not necessarily be that far off. And if you're the Nets, would you rather, you know, save some money, get a player who might be as good if you're still able to get, you know, a KD or a Kawhi or even make the trade for Anthony Davis? I would think that would make sense, but you can also make the argument that, you know, we're not trying to wait four years or we're not trying to be as cost efficient as we are. We're trying to win a championship. And if that's their mindset, then yeah, I mean, getting Kyrie and getting um, KD or Anthony Davis or whomever makes a lot of sense. Um, my, My thought or kind of just the whole point of this is that the Knicks better have their stuff together because you can't it's it's bad enough to lose out on the two guys that have been rumored to join your team throughout the year. It is 10 times worse. 10 times worse to lose them to a guy to a team in your own city. People now outside of New York have a point. So it's still the city. They need to understand the fact that the that this summer they need to get players. They need to get someone. Now, my feeling is the play for them is to get Anthony Davis and then to get KD. It signifies you have someone already on your team that you're already willing to pair with KD. KD comes. Those are the two guys you play with. You still have a little bit of money laid over to sign more other free agents, mid-level guys, and then you're able to build a team from there. Now, yes, the... Anthony Davis trade will cost you a ton. The three things that the three best things the Knicks have are the third pick in the draft, Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox in that order. That you can't give up two of the three. You have to give up two of those three things. Now for every Knicks perspective, you would want it to be the third pick and Kevin Knox, you know, definitely the third pick. But if you think about it, if you send over Mitch, and I'm not advocating that they send over Mitchell Robinson, you can possibly keep the rest of your team because 
we still don't have to use the whole cap filler at that point, you know, to keep the team. Now, it all depends. Also, like I said, um, I wrote an article about this for the next film school that should be out by the time you guys listen to this. Um, how Lance Thomas, that's a big part of this as well. Lance Thomas's contract, they need to decide on it by the draft. And if they're going to be able to use it as an asset, and it's an asset right now, it's only $7 million, and then it drops down to $1 million if they're able to trade him before the 20th, then they save $6 million. Whoever sends that team, you save $6 million. So that's just cap space you just have for your roster at that point. Um, so he is an asset just to have on a team just to be able to trade. Being so that now Brooklyn is showing itself to flex his muscles. Getting AD is a must. Is a must. You got to do what you have to do to be able to get Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is someone who is going to change the Eastern Conference. Like we said before, you have Giannis, you have Joel Embiid, you have Ben Simmons. You're going to need somebody who's at least able to neutralize those type of players. And if you're not able to do that, you're not going to be able to win the season. I don't care who you surround with Kevin Durant. Okay? Now, the idea of, of getting rid of your young players and only having two major free agents essentially join the team isn't what we were sold. Everyone wanted to get Zion and then get Kevin Durant, get Kyrie. Now, none of those things might happen. You know, one of them definitely isn't happening. <clears throat> but the other two may not happen. And so... For the Knicks, you have to be able to do what you can do that you can control. And currently, you can't control where KD goes. You can't control where Kyrie goes. You couldn't control getting Zion. You can control getting Anthony Davis. You can. It's between you and the Lakers. That's who it's between. And while people might believe that the Lakers have a better offer as in terms of overall players... I think, A, it's closer than people want to give it credit for, and B, the, the Knicks still have the third pick in the draft where that's the cutoff in the sense of franchise caliber changing players. Now, do you want to go down that route? And then hopefully, you know, if you don't fill AD with enough stuff, he's just going to be there for a year, then he'll just leave. Um, Obviously, that's going to be a fear of the team, but at the same time, it's something that's got to be on their mind as to basically take that risk and to go for it with what they have on the roster. You know, it's just, you know, everyone's now using the famous Wu-Tang quote now, scare money, don't make no money. Everyone's copy that, co-opted that into the NBA language, but it still makes sense on both ends to make that trade and then to be able to parlay that into a franchise caliber team. Because let's be clear. The Knicks can't strike out. They cannot strike out. They cannot end up with just Kemba or 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 Tobias or both or Chris Middleton. Okay? Either KD, Kawhi, AD, I would say those three. One of those three has to be on the Knicks for this to be a successful time. You want two. Two of the three would be outstanding. You would give anything to have the two of the three. But you would definitely, definitely, definitely need to get at least one of those guys. Now, how plausible it is to get one of those guys, I think they have a good chance to, but 
this is what this is about. This is not, you got to make a decision. Like I said, like I said, back in my article, you got to make a decision about what type of franchise you want to be. If you want to be a developmental franchise and go about, you know, picking players in the drafts and doing that in the third, then fine. That's the way you want to go. But you can't play this both sides out. We're developing players, all this stuff. You're, the, the Nets have declared themselves players now. This is what they're doing. They're not developing. They're trying to get stars. And that is what the Knicks did as well. They're trying to get stars. And you have to then try and get stars. Because let's be clear. If the Nets strike out, no one's going to look at them crazy. They can just sign D'Angelo Russell and then keep it pushing. Okay? Um, even the Lakers. If the Lakers strike out, they'll, they'll get some animosity. But they still have LeBron. And they can still sign mid-tier guys to at least make the playoffs and probably make the Western Conference Finals if LeBron's healthy. Um, the Clippers. The Clippers, even if they strike out, they still have a ton of cap space. They can sign other mid-tier guys and stay relevant in the Western Conference and then keep developing their quote-unquote young players, right? We all know the Knicks are the ones that are going to take the most heat if they don't get the two guys that they want. Now, I'm still I'm still confident. Nothing has shook my confidence because I don't believe from the moment it turned June, I didn't believe anything that anyone was saying coming out of like actual like reported facts, like something that actually happened. So this idea that, you know, Kyrie's definitely going to the Nets or that, you know, KD's going to the Knicks or, you know, AD's going to the Lakers, I don't believe any of it, okay? It just depends on what what's going to happen whenever AD gets traded, which I think he'll get traded before the draft, and what happens um, on June 30th. So that's that, and then we'll take a quick break for you guys. All right, so back in, going to talk a little bit more about the draft stuff coming up. So Jared Culver just had his workout with the Knicks uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, R.J. Barrett is supposed to have his workout on the on this coming Monday, as well as some other lower-tier prospects. I think Taco Falls is supposed to work out on Monday as well. And Culver's an interesting guy. Now, I've said before on last week's podcast, probably yeah, probably last week's podcast, that you know Culver's a pretty interesting guy. Um, if the Knicks end up thinking that they can't get AD, or they feel like you know they're not in the market for getting a top tier free agent, I can see trading down still being a good possibility. But if they're going to make the trade for Anthony Davis. Getting RJ is a must. They can't overthink it. It's not like someone can jump them necessarily, but um, getting RJ is going to be part of that deal to get Anthony Davis. Um, it's going to be something that's going to be there. It's going to be something that um, it's going to be talked about a lot. And I don't think just fans who are ignorant are going to be able to accept the fact that, um, you know, 
this guy that we that people probably don't know that well, people probably don't even know that well, is going to somehow play, you know, or be on the team. And for us people who actually know and who've watched, you know, Culver play and watched his highlights or just done actual background work into his career, it makes sense for him to actually potentially be, you know, a top five pick. He's a good player. At three, I don't see the I don't see the Knicks taking him at three, but I could definitely see him potentially getting traded down. Something else that came up was the whole John Morant thing. Now, John Morant just had a knee scope where I think he cleaned up loose bodies in his knee. And now it's coming out that Memphis isn't quote unquote soul on him. Now, I just went over the fact how we can't necessarily believe every single thing that we're hearing from these reports and everything like that. But he did have his knee search, his knee scoped, essentially. And why would that player wants to do that before he gets drafted. I mean, it's not like he's playing right now. He's probably just chilling. He might be doing some light workouts. Um, it would, it would, it would come cause to pause. I mean, and that it would come out in a physical either way that, Hey, I need to have this surgery. So it's not like, um, it's basically something like if, if he declined all the surgeries, he's not, not going to, <laughs> you know, um, so why would he do that? Is he trying to potentially fall to fall to three to the Knicks or fall to the Lakers? Uh, I'm not sure. It doesn't seem like at least he would want to be that guy. Uh, uh, Barrett has already stated that he does not want to go to Memphis pretty much. He wants to go to the Lakers or the Knicks um, at who are the three in the fourth pick. And having him on the team would be good. But if Memphis took RJ and Ja was there, what does that look like? To me, that would look foolish in the sense of not because of jaw, but because it would make the Knicks seem panic. Now, I'm not saying you pass on jaw to, you know, take whomever because you just think it's a better fit. You take the best player. But that would be, I would say, three consecutive years that the Knicks took another point guard, like right after the fact that they had a point guard on the team. So it went from they drafted Nilakina. Then they traded for Emmanuel Moutier. And then they got Alonzo Trier. Then they traded for Dennis Smith Jr. And then they would draft John Morant. It, it's consecutive times that they can make picks of a, of a point guard that they would take another point guard. You wouldn't think they would want to, they would want to do that. You think they would want to take a, like an actual intelligence play. And granted, while Ja, I think, I, I like the way Ja plays more than I would say Dennis Smith coming out. Dennis Smith and him have a lot of the same similar traits. Uh, you know, obviously Dennis is a little bit bigger, thicker, I would say, but both extremely athletic and be able to dunk. Um, the shot is very questionable, but they can get to the rim, finish somewhat well around contact, and get 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 to the foul line. Uh, ja, I would say, is a much better passer than, than uh, Dennis Smith Jr., um, but at the same time, like it doesn't really see seem to make a point to take Ja when you have Dennis Smith when you just got him. Then if you you're gonna have to then trade Dennis Smith, and then his value basically just sunk if you took Ja. You know, unless you're including Dennis Smith in a trade somewhere else, I don't think you know New Orleans would want to take him, send him just somewhere else. Then taking Ja kind of complicates things. Now I'm not saying they won't take Ja. Well, they shouldn't take job. They should. But 
it becomes a little bit more complicated when you think about the idea of like I'm gonna take Ja Morant and then keep Dennis Smith and keep Frank Nilakina and then keep uh Alonzo Trier and then somehow make that work. It doesn't it doesn't really make any sense how why they would why they would do all that. Um so just just some food for thought. Um I still think RJ's gonna be the pick. Um it appears that way. Uh, just make sure to see that this is going to be a crazy summer. It's going to be a lot of stuff coming around and yeah. So yeah, up next um, have one of the bloggers um, from LA. Uh, His name is Robert Marvey. He's going to sit here and talk to us about the Lakers and what their free agency plans are and how things are going for them. So yeah, going to talk about the Lakers for a bit. All right, back into the Daily Knicks podcast, your boy Just. I got Robert Marvey from Lake Show Life in the building now. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? You know, I'm good. You know, uh, doing a real East Coast, West Coast kind of connection now. It's funny that uh, we're talking on this pod when, you know, our two franchises are like the most talked about franchises in the, in the news. And there's, you know, the NBA Finals going around. Yeah, you know, that's and that's the way it should be. I mean, you know, the two big markets, the two best cities we have, LA and New York. So, uh, and I think the NBA is missing out on not having either market in the NBA finals right now. That's just my opinion. Well, that hasn't happened since Lakers got to the finals in 2011, right? Last time? No, 2010, 20, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's oh crap! That's supposed to be a decade. Um, yeah, no, um, you're right, man. Like it's been uh, it's been a minute since either one. Well, we haven't been there since '94, um, so it's gonna it's been a minute for for that whole whole spill. But yeah, we can we can just talk about you know both teams, and you know we're looking forward to free agency. You know, um, obviously recording this on June 6th, There's uh what 24 days 24 days from now until the uh free agency and uh coming from your perspective you know as being a lakers guy um what what do you consider to be the number one target in free agency is it just getting anthony davis and nothing else or do you guys have like a a separate plan besides that well to me i think the best thing for the lakers to do is to sign that, you know, that bonafide star free agent because obviously to get Anthony Davis, it's going to take at least a significant, you know, amount of assets to be sent out. So um, I'm thinking that there's virtually no chance that Kevin Durant will come to the Lakers. It doesn't really make sense for his legacy because he would be playing with LeBron, and if they won a championship together with the Lakers, Durant would get, like, no credit for that. But I'm thinking that maybe the best scenario for the Lakers would be to sign Kyrie Irving, and I think he could really take the load off LeBron. Kyrie's a great scorer, great ball handler, 
really good passer. He's arguably the most clutch player in the NBA. And they won a world championship together, you know, three years ago. So they have that connection already. And I think that could work really well. Yeah, no, I uh, I definitely do agree. Um, I don't now, you know, just conjecture. I don't know. We don't follow each other on Twitter or anything like that. But every single day I've kind of started this a couple of days ago, I, I basically just basically put my opinion on who I think is going where. And never really give a reason why, but um, I've just I've kind of thought about that. And for me, listen, like I have a lot of Lakers friends. I have been trolled my entire life by Lakers fans, um, and nothing more warms my heart than seeing when the Lakers are just not good. But I will say this though about like the Lakers being being serious. Um, I don't see you guys getting KD. I don't see you guys getting um, Kawhi. And the Kyrie thing, while I feel like that came out of kind of nowhere, I don't really think that that's a possibility. I'm more apt to believe Kyrie's going to the Nets or the Knicks, one of the two. Um, For the Lakers, who they I think they could get, I definitely do think Kemba is an option. And I think that Boogie Cousins will be an option. Now, I'll talk about the Kemba, the Kemba part first. So Kemba clearly has stated multiple times how he wants to stay in New York. Like he wants not in New York. He wants to stay in Charlotte. And how that's like, you know, his number one top priority. Why wouldn't it be? That's where he spent his whole career, and that's where he can get the most money. He can sign a supermax contract. I highly, highly, highly doubt that Michael Jordan is going to sign Kyrie just to have a, you know, mid-tier, mid-level team. You know, might be good enough to make the eighth seed. But if you're Kemba, you're probably thinking, listen, I'm not trying to leave $80 million on the table. I want, I want my money. I want to stay. So I think what Kemba does, is he kind of does the – he does the, the, the Chris Paul, what Chris Paul did two years ago. He opts into his contract, this last year of the contract, and then he gets traded to the Lakers, and the Lakers send back, you know, Brandon Ingram, and you guys send back like a first-round pick, like heavy protected, or maybe the fourth pick. I don't know, whatever. You send back something light that's not going to really kill you guys. You still keep Lonzo. You still keep, um, you still keep Kuzma, and now you have LeBron, K- uh, Kemba, and Boogie on your team. Now, does that see something that you would want, or is that like the worst-case scenario? Well, it's definitely not the worst-case scenario, but, you know, I agree we're not getting Kevin Durant, and now that Kawhi Leonard is in the NBA Finals, that seems extremely unlikely. But if we can't get Kyrie Irving, I mean, Kemba would be good. You know, he's not as good a three-point shooter. He's decent. But, you know, he's a really good player. He's a bonafide star. And in your scenario, we still have Lonzo Ball. And, you know, they could find a way to work together well when they're on the court together. Um, Here's the thing. With Boogie Cousins, if we sign him as a backup center at a low price, you know, I'd be cool with that. But 
if we'd be expecting him to come in as a starter and, you know, be more than a token role-playing center, then we're just setting ourselves up for disappointment because, I, you know, just watching him last night, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he had a couple of chippies in the paint, missed them badly, and had several turnovers. I mean, I think his days of being a star are done with. Yeah, like I would definitely be nervous of signing uh, Boogie to a long-term deal uh, just because he's had two now leg injuries or lower body injuries, and he walks around almost at 300 pounds. And oh, that's a lot of weight. It's a lot of man to really like kind of deal with. Um, to me, for you guys, I think AD really is the only play personally. Uh, I think trading for him is going to be the best case scenario. I don't really see any other free agent like coming there. Um, so, you know, speaking of, speaking of you guys and, you know, having the nets as well, kind of on this, on this, on this docket, the trade that basically got you LeBron or what everyone thinks is what sending D'Angelo Russell to the nets to get, you know, Moscow contract off. If you could do that trade again, would you do it to get Lonzo, all the stuff that happens? Probably. Yeah. Because, you know, D'Angelo played really well, really, really well in January and February. And that got him on the all-star team. But I mean, overall, you know, He's a low percentage shooter. You know, I don't know if he's going to suddenly change and shoot like 45% from the field and in the high 30s from three-point range. So if he doesn't, then I do that trade again because when you have a player like that who, you know, needs his shots, who needs the ball, but only shoots 41 42%, something like that. I just see him as a liability and you know, it would all, it's also better for him to be you know, in a different market where he's not under a microscope, you know. The Nets may play in the New York area, but they're not really a glamour franchise. They don't have the heritage, the history of that the Lakers do, so you know, he can just go there, he can just play he can just develop, you know, that's, they had a great season. They made the playoffs and uh, we'll see what happens from here with them. Yeah, for real. Um, I definitely, the reason why I kind of posed that question was, I mean, I'm not the type of person that likes to do hindsight necessarily, but my thing is with like magic saying like how we, like people want to give credit for magic for making that deal. But if you take everything as totality, I don't, I don't necessarily would do it the same. If you look at it in the sense that you traded D'Angelo Russell when his value was probably the lowest, right? Um, mm-hmm. Even though he was still, I think he was like what twenty one, right? When you traded him, I think about that, like twenty one. Uh, he was still really young, and you had the second pick. If you just traded the second pick to get Moz got off, I understand people would freak out about it, but I didn't understand why D'Angelo had to get traded. I understand that you, you, the whole situation was Swaggy P, but 
none of those other guys were on the team. You know, the whole team basically got flip flopped. No one on that team was on the next year's team. So this idea that Magic won that trade, I don't necessarily agree with. Now, would it have been hard at the time to think that Magic would have traded the second pick in the draft in a loaded draft just to get out of a contract? You know, that's kind of hard to fathom. And like, yeah, it's it's hindsight's twenty twenty, and you got Kyle Kuzma, who's now an asset for you. Um, but you know, it's just it's something that you know you could consider. I can see how I don't think it's necessarily a slam dunk trade that everyone made it out to be at the time. But yeah, so we can we can then slide over to just this season for you guys. What what what's like the biggest thing for the Lakers like going on the front office? Like who what have you like read or heard or like saw about that you think like is this going well or is this going to keep basically being a a bad job? I mean, the biggest thing for me is that there's no one really in the front office running things who, you know, has that credibility. I mean, they see Kurt Rambis has a lot of power. And, you know, on one hand, he's been around the game his whole life. He played for the Showtime Lakers, played with Magic and Kareem, played for Pat Riley. He was an assistant coach under Phil Jackson. And as an assistant, he coached Kobe. And was a head coach for a minute, but um, so on one hand, maybe he's not as bad as it seems, but on the other hand, he's never been in this role before. And when you look at what they need to accomplish in, in terms of just completing this team and going from having what looks like a good or decent roster when he- when healthy to a team that can contend for a world championship. I mean, you need that, you need that executive. You need someone who a Kyrie Irving or a Kemba Walker or even a Jimmy Butler or whoever it is can look at and say, you know, they're doing things right. You know, they have their stuff together. They have a plan. They know how to execute that plan. And, Right now, it looks like amateur hour. I mean, you know, Rob Polinka is probably a really smart man, but uh, number one, he's a newbie. And number two, there's reports that he is despised around the NBA and that, you know, other GMs won't even take his calls. And that's a major problem. Yeah, like for me, I don't really know (laughs) what – I don't really know what what's kind of going on with you guys. Like when they're comparing like the Lakers a lot to the Knicks or like, you know, everything that comes out of place, it's like, I felt like y'all were going in the right direction. And I understand you guys had a bad year this year, but I feel like to me, I think you guys are in the same boat as us where it's like, you guys have a bad, I think Jeannie's a bad owner. I think it's been enough time that passed that you can at least establish that he's been a bad owner. Like she's she's a bad, I'm excuse me, she's a bad owner. But as someone who has who lives and dies with a franchise that has a bad owner, the best thing you can hope for is for someone to pretty much come in and basically separate her from the team. If that makes any sense. So 
the way the Knicks kind of got it running was when we had Phil and he completely destroyed part of the franchise as well. The only good thing that Phil did was he was able to separate Dolan from the team, essentially. So while Dolan still runs the team, and let's be clear, I still have fear every night that he's going to come in one day and screw everything up, that he he doesn't interfere with basketball stuff anymore. You know, the basketball stuff he leaves to the basketball people. And that's the one thing Phil at least set up with uh, with, with the Knicks. Now Phil got fired. Now we have new front office guys and Scott Perry and Steve Mills who are able to now kind of do what they're doing now. For y'all, Jeannie seems like she's still pretty involved and she's still making decisions. So I don't know if if Rob's the guy. Because to me, at least, if you want to just say Rob's the guy, Rob's running everything, just let Rob run everything. But the fact that you have like 18 different people in the organization that you guys have to report to sounds weird. And like, I'm being clearly honest. Like, I really don't see you guys getting anybody. I think Kemba would come. I think DeMarcus would come because I think you give him the most money. But that's about it. Like, of the elite people we're talking, I don't really see that happening. I Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, if I had to bet on it, I'd say none of the major free agents will come. I mean, it sounds like Kyrie. With Kyrie, there's an outside chance. but you know, just speaking about like our front office, I mean, I think Jeannie in some ways is qualified to just run the franchise, not, you know, not the basketball side, but, you know, more of the business and marketing side. I mean, she is a college graduate. So, you know, if you want to talk about separating Jeannie Buss from the basketball side of the Lakers, you know, that can be done. We have that strong, competent executive. I mean, we once had Jerry West and then later Mitch Kupchak. And when Dr. Buss, Jeannie's dad, was alive and was the owner of the Lakers, you know, he just, he, he delegated. So Dr. Buss, as you probably know, ran you know, just the business side, you know, the, you know, the economics side of the Lakers. He let the GM run the basketball side. And, you know, when Jerry West or Mitch Kubchak came to Dr. Buzz and said, well, we need this player to go from where we are now to where we want to be, you know, as long as Dr. Buzz could afford it, he said, okay, go out and do it. And then he would get it done. So, um, there's just number one nepotism, and number two, just maybe I guess some people don't have clearly defined roles, and we don't have like people with experience and credentials in the front office. Yeah, like again, like as someone who's who's lived through this, I I empathize and understand like the actual like turmoil of frustration is that is there is there any way that you guys think that this comes out well like is is it just we get anthony davis and then that's it or have you thought about trading lebron i would ask that has has that crossed your mind well of course it's crossed my mind just because people have talked about it but 
the only way I'd do it is if he actually demanded a trade. Now, because um, right now, if he trade LeBron, the front office is going to look even worse. And then also for like the future, when they try to sign someone else, like maybe in a few years, they try to uh, sign Giannis or, you know, whoever it is, Joel Embiid or ben whoever you want to name. Yeah, whoever you want to name. I mean, what kind of message will that send to them? Because, like, traditionally, the Lakers have taken great care of their franchise players, from Kareem to Magic and Kobe, you know. I mean, Shaq demanded a trade, but and it looked ugly with them, but they still retired his jersey. So, um, but I'll say this. Um, if the Lakers don't, get things together if they're not, you know, a really good team, if not a championship contender next season. Um, I could see LeBron demanding a trade maybe uh, towards the next, uh, CV, the end of next season. I mean, or he'll just talk about maybe leaving the next summer when he can opt out of his contract. He's done it before a few times. So uh, for now, I wouldn't trade him. For real, yeah, man. Like, uh, honestly, it's. <laughs> I still think this team is sal- salvageable. I think that's the right word for it. Um, I mean, you have LeBron. You have LeBron now, and you have to do whatever you have to do to get LeBron to win a title. You know, but you're only gonna have LeBron in his prime for maybe the next two years or so, two three years, and you know, getting him to play at his best is what's gonna be the most important and fighting out a way to build around him is going to be key. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, one more thing. What do you think about you guys having the fourth pick in the draft? Have you not even considered any players there? Or have you just thought like that is an asset we're going to trade? I haven't thought about anybody. Um, that's a great question. I mean, you know, we have two weeks until the draft. So, you know, I'm guessing that they're going to, you know, make some phone calls and to see like what kind of value it has on the open market. And obviously you have to see who's available when it's signed for the draft. And I mean, it's, it's a good asset. It's so much better than the 10th or the 11th pick. So I agree with you. It's salvageable. And, you know, if, I mean, you know, even getting Jimmy Butler would really help. He could take the load off of LeBron. And um, when it comes to Anthony Davis, I just hope that I just hope that the Pelicans would be willing to deal with the Lakers in good faith, whether they actually take that offer or not. But you know, see, um, it's not. You know, it's not. Uh, it's not the way it was back in the day when. Yeah, Dr. Buss and everyone respected him. You know, these are different times for the Lakers. Word. Okay, I got got you, man. I got you, man. So, like, would anyone, even if you guys had to, like, draft someone, like, would you guys like to take, like, a culvert as a player? Or have you not even looked at someone like that? Um, I mean, I personally haven't really thought about it much. 
but you know, th- this goes. I think this goes back to just having leadership in the front office and having a vision. And as you said, building a team around LeBron the right way and just knowing, you know, first of all, uh, you know, what kind of a team are we going to have? You know, I think the Lakers need to keep playing an up-tempo game because with the personnel they have, especially with LeBron, if they try to slow down the pace and, you know, keep the scores around 100, 105 points, I don't know if they can really win that way with the team that they have. And, you know, you just have to start with that. And then I'm thinking that uh, LeBron needs to handle the ball less. You know, let Lonzo Ball push the ball up court. Let him push the tempo. Have LeBron play off the ball more. He needs to start posting up. I mean, how many years have people been saying that about him? And they need three-point shooting. And, you know, from there, you can just fill in the hole. And just have, like, a bunch of different scenarios in terms of free agency and maybe trading for Anthony Davis or even Bradley Beal. So there's just a lot of ways to do this. There's a lot of ways to come out of this looking great, you know, by the time training camp starts. All right, got you, man. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, yeah, I appreciate uh, you coming on to this pod, bro. Uh, you have anything else you want to plug? Any, like, articles, anything like that? Uh, no, I mean, I just say, you know, um, I just encourage your listeners to check out Lake Show Life on the fan side of the network. Uh, we have a lot of great uh, writers and contributors, and there's stuff there daily, but um, other than that, I just I just really hope the Lakers just get their stuff together. I mean, it's been, as you said, almost a decade since we've been in the NBA Finals. We missed the playoffs six straight years. This is just unacceptable. But like we both said, we can salvage this. You know, I think LeBron is still arguably the best player in the game. And he looked good. In March, once he got his legs back, coming from coming back from that groin injury, so we have young assets, we have the number four pick, so it's doable. Yeah, man, I uh, definitely look forward to the all season. I'm just trying to get to July 1st as fast, or June 30th, I keep saying July 1st. Uh, I'm trying to get to June 30th as fast as we can, so we can just, um, so we can just like, enjoy the rest of the summer and stop talking about like free agency which is dominated like this entire basketball season so yeah man all the best to you and uh appreciate you coming on the pod sure thing it was fun my pleasure yeah no problem